guys, what is good? This is Morgan Mueller coming at you with the Joy and Hope podcast, where we seek to bring light to the dark. We actually have each of these episodes begin as a YouTube video. So if you would like to watch the original content on YouTube, search my name, Morgan, M-O-R-G-A-N, Mueller, M-U-E-L-L-E-R, on YouTube, look for the Joy and Hope logo. But otherwise, thanks for being here. Enjoy the podcast. Hi, guys. So... Round three, as promised on this whole college thing. There's a lot to talk about because there's a lot that goes into college. So if you have stuck around for this whole thing, you may as well have graduated college already because I'm sure you felt that that's how long these videos are. So pat yourself on the back because if you can watch these three videos, you can do anything. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Totus tuus Maria, ego sum. I am totally yours, Mary. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, we had, in the first of this three-part series, calming initial college qualms. Then, the last video, we had calming eventual college qualms part one and now last but certainly not least for all of you out there toward the very end of your college experience this is for you calming eventual college qualms part three People say that sequels and any other movie after that is never as good. You can be the judge of that. That's okay. I would believe it in this case. But the end of college is just as big of a deal, if not even bigger of a deal, than the beginning. So hopefully we can finish strong on this one. Something I want to talk about in this video. What if my friends or friend groups change throughout college. Is that bad? Change is a good thing. In a previous video, I quoted now St. John Henry Cardinal Newman, whose essay on Christian doctrine, I believe, said to change is to live or to live is to change and to change is to be perfected. Change is a good thing. Sometimes, yes, it hurts, but sometimes it is just a matter of, oh, my friends look different from this year than last year in college. I'm going to just go out on a limb and say that's okay. It does depend on the situation, but for example, my freshman year, since I did go to a four-year college and I didn't really know anyone except my roommate, there were a lot of different friend groups. So you're, you're going to meet people in so many different ways. So you might have friends from certain classes or friends from your orientation group, friends from your theater club or your sport team, 
like intramural or actual team, you're just going to meet so many different people when you get to college. So you're going to have these different friend groups. And first of all, it's okay to have different friend groups. That's definitely a good thing. I'll be really honest. My freshman year of college, I would say <laughs> I started calling them my immediate friend group. Kind of like you have your immediate family, like your parents and your siblings. This was my immediate friend group. Like they were my my go-to friend group um, after freshman year of college. So some of the people in that particular group did not really know anyone outside of our friend group. That's not a bad thing at all. And I'm not saying that it is. But I remember they would make comments as we would walk around campus and they'd be like, because I would be saying hi to all these different people that I knew from theater or from my classes, whatever. And they'd be like, wow, you just know everybody. Like they just didn't feel like they had all those relationships. Totally fine. It's just whatever you want your college experience to be, how much you branch out. But I didn't only want to know my immediate friend group. Like even though those were my immediate friends, I wanted to be able to have other friends, other relationships, things like that. However, I will say that as my college experience went on, this was sad and I did not mean to do this and this was definitely shame on me, but I started realizing over time that whereas these people in this immediate friend group really relied on each other and supported each other and knew that they were each other's go-to people, since sometimes I would go out with other people or do other things, I just wasn't as close to the people in this group as they were to each other. Even if I was always welcome, even if we were all friends, I just wasn't as close because I wasn't around as much. Again, that's for you to decide whether or not you want to do. But what I realized further on in my college experience was that I wasn't being intentional in all of my relationships because sometimes it was more of a selfish thing for me. Like the weekend would come up and, okay, my immediate friend group would be doing something. And <clears throat> this is just an example. I love, love, love all of the people I was friends with from college. So this is not a dig at anyone. And I really hope everyone would know that if they would watch this video. But just something about me. I hate puzzles. Like I cannot stand doing puzzles and certain certain board games. Some board games I really like. Some games I really like. Some I really don't. And so like, for example, if I knew that this particular friend group was going to be doing like puzzle night, I would not go because that's not something that I enjoy at all. So it's not like wrong that I didn't go, but it's like, okay, Morgan, you have to know that if you don't go to this, like you can't be upset if you don't get an inside joke that was talked about that night. Or if you don't feel as close to them just because you aren't always with them because you don't always like the stuff that they're doing. Um, just because like puzzles aren't your thing. That's okay. Um, but over time, I realized that I was just waiting around, like, for something better to come along. Like, 
the weekend's coming up. I'm not ever going to commit to anything with one friend group because I'm going to see what all these different groups are doing and then choose which one sounds the most fun to me or which one that I want to do the most. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because, yeah, you shouldn't feel like you have to do X, Y, or Z ever. But the thing is... If you don't ever commit to something, people are going to see you as not reliable and you're just not going to be as good of a friend. Um, because in the end, it's not necessarily the activity that's important. It's the people. And I would say around sophomore or junior year of college, this started becoming really apparent to me that I was doing this. And I realized for me, it, it wasn't a good thing that that wasn't fair to a particular friend, like my immediate friend group, because they were they were my best friends, even though I had these other friends like these. These people really were my best friends. And I realized I needed to start being more intentional with them and doing things with them, even if it meant having to say no to other people. That didn't mean I couldn't ever hang out with anybody else. But it meant that if the weekend was coming up and someone in this friend group asked me if I wanted to be a part of what they were doing, that I needed to say yes, because it didn't matter if something even more fun eventually would come along. It was important for me to say, yes, I want to spend this time with you guys. And, and there you have it. Or sometimes, like, maybe you don't want to commit to puzzle night. That's okay, unless like nothing else comes along. But be honest, um, because that's something I don't know if I ever did a good job of doing either. Like, be honest. Like, you guys, I love you. Like, you guys know that I love you, but I cannot stay in puzzles. So, honestly, I super appreciate the offer. If I, if I don't hear of anything else going on, I will totally be there. But if something else comes up, I hope you don't mind if I, if I go do this other thing just because I'm really not a puzzle person. And that honesty is way better than just like being wishy-washy and being like, eh, maybe I'll like maybe I'll be there, like maybe not, I'll let you know, and then you never let them know. Because that's a jerk move. So on this point of is it okay for friend groups to change? Definitely, but be careful and notice who are your real friends and are you being intentional with them and are you making time for them? Or are you just all across the board because you don't ever want to commit to a certain friend group or certain people because like you're always looking for something better that's coming along? That is no way to view friendships. And I know that the times that I did that were super wrong. So just like word to all of you out there, uh, maybe over time who have realized like different friend groups of yours in college have changed. It's okay. Just Take that with a grain of salt and be honest with yourself about maybe how you could be a better friend. And then back to more college study type stuff. <coughs> what if I chose a major but don't know what I want to do with it? Again, it just comes down to trusting in God. I mentioned that in the last video. I had no idea what I was going to do with a the theology degree. 
And it got so old having people ask me, what are you going to do with a theology degree? Or what can you do with a, de with a theology degree? And just having to be like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I know that it's what I'm supposed to be doing and it's what I love. So trust, trust the process that God leads you on. Trust the path that he leads you down. Because if there is peace in making a decision such as a certain major, even if you don't know what that means post-grad, like after graduation, trust that God will provide because if there is peace on the path now, there will be peace on the path later. And it doesn't have to make sense. There's a great line in the song by Hillsong New Wine that I've mentioned in a previous video. When I trust you, I don't need to understand. It's so true. Lord, when we trust you, we don't have to understand. Just follow the peace. And what happens if you end up switching majors again, like I did? Humility. To, to know that it's all part of the process and that I don't have it all figured out, but that that does not mean each part was not important and got me from here to there. Trust in God with the process. And speaking of post-grad, what if I don't have a plan for after college? No job, place to live, etc. Have no fear because God has a plan. God has a job lined up for you and God has a place for you to live. So do not worry. Now, with that being said, it is important to pray just like you would each semester about your next classes. I'd say that's when it's a good a good time to start looking for jobs. So, for example, senior year, first semester, halfway through the semester, you are having to pick your classes for the last semester. You probably at that point already know what they're going to be considering it's your last semester, so you have to take set amount of classes, but just imagine any other semester in college when you were having to pick classes for the next semester. You do so about the middle of the semester. So September, October, senior year of college. Around that same time, like maybe September, October, or the last semester that you're going to have, maybe that is a fall semester, maybe you're graduating early, but if it's in the spring, maybe like February or May, okay, you are about to graduate with whatever your degree is. Maybe it is a very specific job that you are going to have, such as a nurse. So like my friend, she knew that she was going to move back home um, and apply to get a job at the hospital she'd always worked at. So she applied, she got the job, boom, she was done. And she knew that she was going to move back in with her family and that she was going to pay rent to her parents. Like, she just knew all of that. It was easy for her. Like, praise God, that was a good thing for her. But that's not how I was at all. Maybe that's not where you are. For me, um, I could share more, more of this particular story another time. For me, I thought that God was calling me to be a sister. Like, I thought I was supposed to be a nun after I graduated. So, 
I actually was so sure that that's what God was going to do that I did not apply for a single job. I didn't even look at jobs. And if I had, personally, I would never have moved back home. Just because, like I shared before, growing up in the town that I did, I always thought, I, I don't want to live there. Like, I want more. Like, I want to travel or I want to go do something else. So I never would have looked for jobs back home. All that to say, what ended up happening for me, since I didn't look for a place to live, didn't look for a job, was so sure God was calling me to this particular religious order, um, I went and visited them the month after I graduated, loved them, felt at home at this convent, applied to enter with them with their permission, but then got a call at the end of June and they were like, Morgan, we're so sorry. Like we know it seemed like all the doors were swinging open, but we just really think that this isn't God's timing. So like take a year and see what's in store. It felt like the world, literally, it felt like the world was crashing down around me. Sorry, I'm also adjusting my leg. Maybe this is perfect timing. The world's crashing down. My leg is asleep and my computer messed up. Anyway, that's how it felt. That's really how it felt. Um, <laughs> angles. So that's really how it felt, though. Because I had been so sure. And maybe that's where you've been at in your life before, where you're like, I just really thought this relationship was going to work out, and it makes no sense to me at the time why it didn't. Or maybe it's a job, and you're like, this job is where I'm supposed to work, and I'm supposed to live here and go off and do this. And then when it doesn't work out, you're just devastated, and you have no plan B. And you just feel hopeless. That was me the month after I graduated college. I'd moved back home with my parents because where else was I going to go or put my stuff? So lost. That day the sisters called me. I went to adoration and I was like, Lord, you have to tell me. Show me what you want me to do because clearly I'm not getting it. And I remember so many family members and friends well-meaning, but I was so overwhelmed because, again, I had never known, like, what I wanted to do. And so, like, having so many people, like, when the sister thing didn't happen, come to me right afterward, like, here's this job, here's this job. You really should be looking for jobs because you can't sit around in your parents' house forever, blah, 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 like, all this stuff. And finally, I just had to, like, tell everyone, I know, I know, but I, I just don't have any idea what I'm supposed to do. So can you please just like give me some breathing room? Because if I went looking for a job right now, it would feel so forced. Like I have no peace in that regard, no direction. And I, I wouldn't even be able to make it through a job interview because I would be lying. If they were like, so why do you want this job? I would be like, I don't. I want to be in this convent right now. Like, I don't want this job at all. To be honest with you, sir. Like, I just knew I had to wait and just give myself time to cope because I was really grieving from this loss. 
um, of like not getting to enter religious life because it's really what I wanted to do at the time. And I kid you not, like I had gone to adoration, I'm pretty sure on a Monday, a week later, exactly a week later, I got a call out of the blue from the school I went to growing up and they were like, hey, so we heard that like the sister thing didn't work out. And we know that you don't have a degree in education, but we know you and we know that you studied theology and we need an extra religion teacher for a year because some of our classes are a little bit bigger this year in the middle school. So would you want to teach sixth, seventh and eighth grade religion for a year? And it was just like this a lot. Like, I'm not going to lie. It wasn't like immediately like, oh my gosh, yes, this is it. But I mean, what? You can't get more clear than that when the spirit leads. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. I, like, for no, no bitter reasons, but just complete honesty, I never would have taken this job if I wasn't exactly in that place at that exact point in my life with no other options because I never wanted to move back home. I never wanted to teach. Like I had told myself I didn't want to be a teacher. That's why I had switched to theology and no offense to the school I went to growing up, but I would never want to go back there because I had never wanted to go back to school. I was so done with school after graduation, but in that exact moment, in that exact place in time and in that place in my life, I just knew I was like, I really have to think and pray about this because I think it's what I'm being called to do. And I actually think that I would like doing that. And so for about five days, I thought about it. I prayed about it. And there was so much again, like consolation, this peace, like all these thoughts that I had had before. Like, I don't know how to grade. I don't know what I would teach all this stuff. Like just all of this inspiration came flooding in and I just knew. I was like, I have to do this. Like, this is what I'm supposed to do. I don't know if it's for forever, but it's definitely for this year. And so I did it. I did it. And it was awesome. And I won't continue the whole story because I'm no longer teaching, but I'm also no longer considering religious life. And I really believe that last month, on a silent retreat that I was on that the Lord really revealed to me that my deepest desires have always been for marriage. But I didn't know any of that the day that I graduated from college. I never would have guessed any of that the day that I graduated from college. So, and certainly not in the last year that I was in college. So, all that being said, Hindsight truly is 2020. In your last year of college, enjoy the journey. Enjoy the friends. Commit to people and commit to loving them and loving them well, because very soon you're not going to have them anymore. At least not so easily accessible as you used to have them. So enjoy the time. Enjoy your classes. You can hate the projects and the papers all you want. I did too. But be proud of yourself when you work really hard on them and do a really good job. 
because those were those will be some of your greatest accomplishments in your entire life. Seriously. So enjoy them, appreciate them, and be proud of them and praise God for them. Follow the peace. Pray constantly and pray every day, Lord, where do you want me to go after this year? Like, where do you want me to look for jobs? Like, think about it. Do you want to move back home? Do you not? Are you kind of up in the air about it? Ask friends and family. Like, if you know a particular job or field that you're interested in, be like, hey, here's my background. Here are my skills. Here's what I'm studying. Like, if anything comes up that you think that I would enjoy or be good at, let me know because I'm not really sure what to do. Be on the lookout for those signs. God will very clearly make his will known to you. God is not this magic eight ball. It's not like you have to guess at what he's trying to say or for, and you, and you should never try to force an answer out of him. He has the plan and he will reveal it to you when you are ready. And so like me, he knew that there was no way he was ever going to get me to go back home and be a middle school religion teacher unless I was so sure I was supposed to be a sister that I didn't try for anything else. So he knows exactly where he wants you to end up. So just trust the journey and the day-by-day process. If there's a job that comes up and you're like, that sounds super cool, apply for it. Like, what could it hurt? And then after you get a job, God willing, or whatever, maybe it's an internship, like whatever you're wanting to do, side note, maybe after college, you really feel drawn to do a year or a couple years of service. I don't know if you've ever heard of FOCUS, Fellowship of Catholic University Students, but it's this amazing missionary opportunity that I have had so many people um that I knew from Benedictine who went into that after college for several years or other missionary activities. Um, the Peace Corps. I've known so many people who've gone into that after college. Um, people who kind of like me, like thought this one thing was going to work out. It didn't. Ended up back home with their parents working a job that they never expected. But it all plays a part in the journey and every single part of it happens for a reason. So do not get stressed and do not give into the temptation to compare your story with the person next to you. Because like my friend who knew exactly what her job was going to be and had it lined up like, I don't know, well before graduation, just because that's one person and God's plan for that person and his timing for that person does not mean that it's his timing or his plan for you. And that is totally okay. He has a plan for you. He has a purpose for you. I want to read you this quote that puts it really well to just assure you, if you are not sure where you're at in your life right now, and you're like, floundering. I don't know how else to say it. You just feel so lost as to what you're going to do after college. Again, my man, St. 
John Henry Cardinal Newman. This is my favorite quote by him of all time. He says, God has created me to do some special service. I'm going to word that a little differently, actually. God has created me to do some special service. God has committed some work to me, which has not been committed to another. I'm going to read that again, but, ex but explain why I put the emphasis where I did. He's not saying exactly what his mission is. So he knows that it's some special service, that it's some work. And it's okay not to be sure what that is, but to trust in the plan and its timing. You know, hopefully by this point in your college career, like how God has led you over the past several years, how you've gotten to the major that you've had, that you have, how you've gotten to the college that you did, how how you made the friends that you did and joined the clubs and organizations or teams that you did. Like God has led that whole process. And he's not going to stop now. God has created me to do some special service. God has committed some work to me, which has not been committed to another. I have a mission. And that's where it ends. And I love that because it's affirming that you have a purpose, but that you might not know it quite yet. And that that is okay. Because you know that you do. You know that you have a mission. You know that, like our lady spoke to Juan Diego, you are the one I have chosen. You are the one she chose, God chose for a very special mission. And as long as you keep asking him to reveal that mission to you and to lead this, the next steps that you're going to be taking, you are not just going to be fine, but look out, my friend, because you are going to become a saint and a great saint. So have no fear. Do not be afraid to take risks. Maybe a job opportunity comes up halfway around the country or halfway around the world. And it just sounds amazing and your heart is drawn to it. What's the harm in just getting on the website and looking into it? If you talk to people about it and pray about it and the thought still hasn't gone away, why not apply for it? If you get it, maybe you'll be, inter or if you get past that process, like maybe you'll be interviewed for it. Like just focus on the next little step and where the peace is leading you because then in the end whatever it ends up being if there is still that deep seated peace there and you know that that's God leading you then you will have no problem stepping out and doing whatever it is whatever the mission it is that he's entrusting to you so be not afraid and keep Our Lady close because she will especially help direct your steps. And last note on that, another really awesome person you can pray to is St. Joseph, the foster father of Jesus, the husband of Mary. Literally just today, 
um, I'm kind of feeling called to the next thing right now in my life, um, job wise, but I don't really know what that means or what that looks like. And so my friend sent me this novena to St. Joseph that I started today and it is awesome. And it's this very short prayer. Just look up, um, prayer to St. Joseph, the worker, and it's this short and sweet prayer all about asking St. Joseph for help for nine days straight to guide you toward good work. So maybe look into that as well. That was a lot. That was a lot of stuff. That was a lot for three videos. My voice is killing me. <coughs> but praise God for the journey. And I hope that maybe some of that helped in some way. But for now, let's offer it all up to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, please guide us. Help us to decide what to do next. All for your greater glory, O oh God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless y'all, and until next time. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Joy and Hope podcast, where we seek to bring light to the dark. If you enjoy our mission, we would love for you to become a patron on Patreon. Our patrons are what make it possible for us to continue doing Joy and Hope full-time, bringing you the inspiring, creative content that uplifts you to live more joyful, hopeful lives. So please consider supporting us. Thanks so much for being here today. God bless and see you next time.